wherever two or three are gathered together, no matter whether it be on the ocean or in the depths of the earth, if only they have before them the word of God and believe and trust in the same, there is most certainly the real, ancient, true, apostolic church. Uh, Reformation uh, fell right on Reformation Day this, this Sunday, this year. Uh, and I've been uh, preaching on Reformation Day for 30 years and have uh, approached it a whole variety of different ways. Sometimes I, um, I've sort of ticked through the major dates and events of the Reformation. It remind us that's fascinating history. Uh, oftentimes I'm preaching on the text, usually from uh, this passage in Romans, which was so transformative for Martin Luther himself. But very rarely over the years it occurred to me have I shared directly from Luther's own preaching, a little bit from his teaching. So I want to do that this morning. Uh, each time I read over what I've included in this uh, sermon, I, I, I thought to myself, I just love this. I love, I love this message. And then it occurs to me, but maybe it's only me. So I hope that's not the case. I know it won't be. Uh, but I need you to focus and listen as I'm reading some extended quotes from Luther. Uh, because this church is seeped in the theology of law and gospel. Uh, so not every gathered community is, is, is capable of going right to the source code and hearing from Luther himself. But th this congregation uh, is accustomed to wrestling with and hearing the, the, the sort of tension that exists between law and gospel and understanding that both of these are pure gift from God. We don't think of the law as bad, for instance. We think sometimes narrowly defined, we might think of the law as the Decalogue or the Ten Commandments. And, 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 and the people of God have never considered the Ten Commandments to be an imposition or, or uh, some kind of a judgment that comes from God Almighty. It is pure gift. It is the way that they will know you are my people in this world. It is the way that we can thrive as God's people together and care for the least of these. It is gift. But we're also aware as people of faith, and particularly as Lutherans, that we are never perfect at accomplishing all that the law would have us be and do. There are things we neglect to do, and there are things we neglect to not do, right? So the law is something that uh, shine, uh, you know, it reflects a mirror to us and, and lets us see in all honesty the ways where we do come sh up short of God's uh, will for our lives. And in comes the gospel to, to pick us up and dust us off and claim us and call us God's own children and forgive us and send us out into the world. So, all of that uh, is, is part of the, the, the absolute profound beauty 
and meaningful message that emanates from the Reformation and particularly from one uh, scrappy monk, uh, Martin Luther. On the last day of October in 1517, a German monk named Martin Luther nailed to the door the, the, the public bulletin board of his, of his uh, parish church a long list of, of gnawing problems with the late medieval church. And, and there were 95 points on this, on this list. And Luther called them theses. And he, and he meant them to be debating topics. Right? Let's talk about this stuff. Let's, let's struggle with it in public. He hoped it would lead to changes in the church that he loved so much. He had no intention of breaking away or starting a new denomination, especially one named after him. Luther could not have known on that October day, but he was lighting dry tinder. Luther struck a match that started the firestorm of, of change and uh, tragic division and uh, stunning creativity and deadly violence, later known as the Reformation. So today, on this Reformation Sunday, the church finds itself making adjustments on the fly, right? Related to the pandemic, along with a whole host of other forces that have been at work for decades. And yet, here you all are. And joining us online from, from your homes, uh, we are among those called into the ever-evolving church and its mission and ministry in the world. And those of you who have grown up in the Lutheran church are accustomed to this annual commemoration of the Reformation and its ongoing impact in the, in the church and the world. So wonderful the ways, the music we've been singing already and, and will sing um, interacts with this, this truth. Um, today, I want us to hear then just a bit from Martin Luther's own preaching, uh, which still, when I read it, makes the hair stand up on the back of my neck and reminds me of why the church's stewardship of this proclamation matters as much this moment, this day, this year, this decade, as it ever has. As we hear from Luther himself, maybe you'll join me in thinking that he did benefit from the printing press, but Luther would have been something in the age of Twitter. Uh, I, I don't have a Twitter account, but... Some of you might want to tweet out some of what you hear here. So listen carefully. Here we begin with Luther on the gospel itself. Martin Luther preached, The truth of the gospel is this, that our righteousness comes, from, comes by faith alone, without the works of the law. Works of love are not the ornament or perfection of faith, but faith itself is a gift of God a work of God in our hearts which justifies us because it takes hold of Christ as the Savior. Human reason has the law as its object. It says to itself, this I have done, this I have not done. 
But faith in its proper function has no other object other than Jesus Christ, the Son of God who was put to death for the sins of the world. It does not look at its love and say, what have I done? Or where have I sinned? What have I deserved? But it says, what has Christ done? What has he deserved? And here the truth of the gospel gives you the answer. He has redeemed you from sin, from the devil, and from eternal death. Therefore, faith acknowledges that in this one person, Jesus Christ, it has the forgiveness of sins and eternal life. Whoever diverts his gaze from this object does not have true faith. He has a fantasy and a vain opinion. He looks away from the promise at the law, which terrifies him and drives him to despair. Here we have Luther on the church. Martin Luther taught, and as we hear this uh, passage, listen to how he, he does not center the validity or the authority of, of the church on the quality or even the faith of, of her members. Luther wrote, in short, the church is a dwelling in order that God may be loved and heard. Not wood or stones, not dumb animals. It should be people who know, love, and praise God. And that you may be able to trust God with certainty in all things, including cross and suffering. You should know that it is the true church, even though it be made up of scarcely two believing persons. That's why Christ says, He who loves me keeps my word, there I will dwell, there you have my church. The church is where the word is purely preached. So, where you hear this, there you may know that this is the true, true church. Christ says, my sheep not only hear me, they also obey and follow me. They increase in faith daily through the hearing of the word of God and the right and perfect use of the blessed sacraments. And there is strengthening and comforting in this church. And here comes one of my favorite Luther quotes. And it is also the true church, not cowls or tonsors, this is clergy apparel, and long robes of which the word of God knows nothing, but rather wherever two or three are gathered together, no matter whether it be on the ocean or in the depths of the earth, if only they have before them the word of God and believe and trust in the same there is most certainly the real, ancient, true, apostolic church. And Luther, on the sacraments, Martin Luther preached the significance of baptism as a blessed dying into sin and a resurrection in the grace of God. So that the old person conceived and born in sin is there drowned, and a new person born in grace comes forth and rises. For just as a child is drawn out of her mother's womb and is born, and through this fleshly birth is a sinful person and a child of wrath, so one is drawn out of baptism and is born spiritually. Through this spiritual birth, 
She is a child of grace and a justified person. Therefore, sins are drowned in baptism, and in place of sin, righteousness comes forth. And on communion, Luther wrote, Let this stand, therefore, as our first and infallible proposition, the Mass, or Sacrament of the Altar, is Christ's testament, which he left behind at his death to be distributed among his believers. A testament, Luther wrote, as everyone knows, is a promise made by one about to die, in which he designates his bequest and appoints his heirs. A testament, therefore, involves first the death of the testator, and second the promise of an inheritance and the naming of the heir. The testament is the most perfect promise of all, that of the New Testament in which, with plain words, life and salvation are freely promised and actually granted to those who believe the promise. And finally, Luther, uh, just a bit of Luther on the always popular idea of free will. And the good news of being chosen by God. For my own part, Luther wrote, I frankly confess that even if it were possible, I should not wish to have free choice given to me or to have anything left in my own hands by which I might strive toward salvation. For on the one hand, I should be unable to stand firm and keep hold of it amid so many adversities and perils and so many assaults of demons, seeing that even one demon is mightier than all men, and no man at all could be saved. And on the other hand, by the way, this whole passage here is one sentence. This is another thing I love about Luther. He's a little bit like Paul in this way. On the other hand, um, even if there were no perils or adversities, or demons, I should nevertheless have to labor under perpetual uncertainty and to fight as one beating the air, since even if I lived and worked to eternity, my conscience would never be assured and certain how much it ought to do to satisfy God. For whatever work might be accomplished, there would always remain an anxious doubt whether it pleased God or whether God required something more, as the experience of all self-justifiers proves and as I myself learned to my bitter cost through so many years. But now, Luther preached, since God has taken my salvation out of my hands, making it depend on His choice and not mine, and has promised to save me, not by my own work or exertion, but by His grace and mercy, I am assured and certain both that He is faithful and will not lie to me, and also that He is too great and powerful for any demons or any adversities to be able to break Him or to snatch me from my God. No one, God says, shall snatch them out of my hand because my Father who has given them to me is greater than all.
Martin Luther in his own words. Amen. Amen. Thank you, choir. Thank you, horns. Uh, and thank you, everybody, uh, for celebrating this Reformation Day. This uh, gracious word of God that occurred to this, uh, uh, this German monk uh, 500 plus years ago uh, when he was terrified by his own shortcomings, just sure on some level that God was on to him and God was out to get him. Uh, but uh, through the Holy uh, Word of God, it became clear to Luther that uh, justification is not a requirement, uh, but it is, in fact, a gift. It is given uh, on behalf of ourselves by Christ himself. And so that, uh, that good news, that gospel, uh, has gone out across uh, the, the decades and the centuries to, to reach us. And we are, each of us, claimed by this good news, saved by grace through faith alone, and this is not your own doing, so that none of us can brag about it, but it is the free gift of God. You have this gospel with you. I have been called and privileged to take it into some of the darkest rooms. You, you could let your imagination uh, uh, run wild. Uh, and this gospel has never come up short. Not, not in any country, not in any church, not in any grieving, dark, uh, sad room. This gospel is sufficient. And so, as God's claimed and called people, it is our stewardship to take this good news out into the world. We are not just any Christian. We are Lutherans. And Lutherans have a note to sound in this world, a job to do, uh, and a gift to give, which is to say to anybody who will hear it, you are invited into this community as well. This good news is as much for you as it is for me. And it's got nothing to do with how well you're living or how faithful you are or how certain you are of your own faith. It's got everything to do with what God does for you in the person of Christ. This good news is needed out there. And so do we, having been freed and forgiven and claimed, so do we go in peace out there to love and serve the Lord. Thanks be to God. <laughs>